Hello there, and welcome to this edition of Franchise Radio Show. Today's uh, title is How to Eliminate Personal Sales Rejection Forever and Make More Sales. This is a fascinating topic, and I'm very fortunate to have got Ari Galper, the founder and CEO of Unlock the Game, and I'll explain a little bit more of Ari's background in a moment. Uh, he's someone I've been working with for some while and twisted his arm to come here today, I must say. Uh, what I'd recommend you do during this presentation is to uh, have, some, have a notebook nearby and write prolific notes. Um, you'll have an opportunity to get in touch with Ari or myself afterwards, but um, if you do that, then I think you'll find you pick up some gems. And when I first met Ari, I was actually amazed. It really, it really shook my mind, quite a different approach to, uh, to sales. So whether you're talking about sales in a retail environment, in a business-to-business environment, whether you're talking about recruiting franchisees, um, and so forth, even within working within your organization, you'll find there's material here that Ari's got that is absolutely invaluable. Um, to introduce you to a bit more of Ari's background, um, he is recognized as the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. And his concept is one that really addresses a whole new mindset from the point of view of sales. And uh, the results that are achieved are really quite extraordinary. He's He's been operating for two years in this space and um, worked with a lot of industries, major corporations. He's um, got something like 80,000 people on his database, subscribers who are, who are clients, members, and so on. So that in, a, in itself is an indication. He works internationally. At last count, he told me he was operating in 38 different countries. He has clients spread across those. And uh, from business entrepreneurs right through to sales individuals. And he does spend a lot of time traveling, and he talks with a lot of celebrities on stage with presentations. So people like Joan Rivers, Mark Victor Hansen, Dan Kennedy, Harry S. Dent, just to mention a few. So you can see his credentials are outstanding. What I'd like to do is to introduce Ari to you today and say, Ari, thank you very much for coming along. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Brian. Glad to be here. Appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. Oh, it's uh, it's great. I'm sure everyone's going to thoroughly enjoy this. So, to get the ball rolling, um, I've given a little bit of your background. You may like to just add anything to that, but really, I suppose what I'd like to hear is what got you into this and really how you came to be in a position where you can offer to help us eliminate sales rejection. Um, you know, it really is a breakthrough in sales. Sure. Well, the whole story behind uh, Unlock the Game and our trust-based selling approach started uh, over a decade ago when I was a sales manager at a software company, and I was managing 18 people at the time. It was a fast-growing business. We were the first company to launch online website lab tracking, and now it's like free on Google, Google Analytics, but, you, you know, collecting all the information about website behavior and website traffic and hits and all that. So we were one of the first one to build one of those products, and we were fast growing, you know, at the time and uh, managing 18 people. My job was also being the real large accountant, big opportunities. And for about four or five months, a big opportunity kept crossing my desk, uh, a contact uh, at a big company, and I talked for a while. And, and it's a big opportunity. And, and if I close this one sale, it was double turnover of the whole company in one go. As you can imagine, it's a big opportunity. And, and my contact finally agrees to a conference call. Uh, to kind of move the deal forward. So I was really excited about this call. It was a Friday at 4 o'clock. And, and literally, if I, if I close this one sale, Brian, it would double 
the turnover of the whole company, and at Christmas time, everyone will be getting uh, bonuses. So you can imagine the excitement in the office, you know, the high five walking in from the car park, and everyone looking forward to the call, and so was I. So the day finally came, 4 o'clock, and I went to the conference room with, my, with our CEO, and I closed the door behind me, and everyone listened, trying to listen to the door, and then I closed the door on them, and I was nice and calm, and we were in a big conference room with a big conference table, and the middle of the table was a conference, uh, a conference phone, a speaker phone. So I dialed the phone number they gave me with the conference call, and uh, dialed right in, and there he was. He picks the phone up, and, and he says to me, Ari, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, a group of us were here today. Well, let us not tell you who's in, who's in line here with you, with us. So next thing I know, they start going around the room, each person saying who they are. And the first person says, you know, my name's Mike, I'm CEO. And I said, yes, that's great. My name's Julie, I'm head of marketing. My name's Mike, I'm head of IT. My name's Richard, I'm head of uh, implementation. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker. I mean, this is the call we all hope to get as often as possible because, you know, <laughs> it's pretty close to decision given everyone's probably there so we can get a yay or an A on this thing. So I was excited. Uh, then I began to describe who I was and then I get, and then I proceeded to give them a live demo over the internet of their website of, of the staff we collected ahead of time, all the information of their users prior to this call and we showed them what it looks like to be able to see their website in real time, all the information and data. And I showed this to them describing their solution to them and as I'm showing this to them, I started to hear these noises on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is fantastic information. They start asking me all kinds of questions. You know, how does it work? How do we install it? How do we employ it? And, you know, they had all the right kinds of questions and I had all the right kinds of answers. I, it was like a love fest on the phone with a client. You know what I'm talking about, Brian? You've been there before? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So you get quite excited. You just can't wait. <laughs> exactly. There was like no resistance. I mean, literally, it was chemistry. We were answering questions. They were happy. I was happy. This an hour, hour goes by with this kind of conversation, and I was well trained. You know, I knew the product pretty well, and I was taught how to sell, how to overcome objections, and how to trial close. So I was doing everything I was taught to do in sales. And a great call. And call comes to the end of the call, and my contact says to me, Ari, this has been great. We love it. Uh, why don't you give us a call in a couple of weeks? Uh, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. I was like, yes, what a perfect ending to a sales call. I was so excited, so happy, and, and I said my goodbyes, and I took my thumb and my arm, and I reached for the phone in the middle of the table. As I reached for the phone in the middle of the table, to hit the off button by complete accident. And now I said divine intervention. My thumb was the off button, hit the mute button instead. They were right next to each other on the, on the phone, but too close together. And I hit the mute button, and a small click happened. And they thought I hung up the phone. And in that split second, my, in my, next to my left ear, the devil appeared and says to me, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly on the wall. Listen in. <laughs> go where no one's ever gone before. And listen to <laughs> what they have to say. <laughs> and the, the right side of my, my right ear, uh, angel appears and says to me, Ari, are you crazy? Don't rock the boat. They said they want to move things forward. Just hang up the phone and move, and, and, and call them in two weeks. Now, Brian, who do you suppose won that battle? Any guesses? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I can imagine it's a bit of a shock coming here, given yeah. the confrontation. Well, well uh, the devil uh, won that battle, <laughs> and um, I pulled my thumb back <laughs> in that split second, and they started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Oh, my goodness. Now, would you have any guesses as to what you may think I would have heard in that call, given the fact it was a pretty good conversation we had? Any any thoughts on that? If you ever heard the story, uh, maybe not much share it, but uh, what do you think people are thinking right now? 
I, I would imagine they'd be saying, "Isn't that fantastic? They got just what we want. This is, uh, this is th these are the goods, you know." Um, obviously, they're so enthusiastic and giving you a two-week sort of uh, comeback, as it were. So you you expect to hear some gratuitous sort of comments. Mm. That's exactly what I expected to hear. But let me show you what I heard word for word, verbatim. I'll never forget it. It changed my life, and uh, that's why we're all here today. What they said was this: they said. We're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Oh. Knife in heart twist. It, it was, I was in a state of shock, Brian. I was just frozen. I was like, what? I literally, you know, I, I, I'm white. I want even more white. I was like a ghost. And I finally snapped out of it and I took my arm and I hit the off button, turned the phone off. Looked at the wall and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I did everything I was taught to do in sales. I was charismatic. I knew my product well. I presented it well. I, I answered questions well. You know, I did everything I was taught to do in sales. And the first big idea that hit me was this. I realized at that moment that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell. Right? It's okay to say things like, sounds good, send me information, I'm definitely interested, without having any intention of buying. Do you agree with me on that one? Does that make sense? Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, understand. I was listening to a tape of Brian Tracy's the other day, and he was, he was handling exactly that issue. Uh, and I think it's something we try and kid ourselves as salespeople. We only want to hear the positive side. We don't, we don't want to hear the dark side. <laughs> We don't want to hear the truth, do we? Um, so so the, the second big idea was I realized that moment that I asked myself, why were they afraid to tell me the truth? Mm. And what I realized was that in selling, we are taught, when we see an opportunity, we hit resistance. We keep going. We try to overcome the resistance. And we try to do that. That puts pressure on people, sales pressure. And that's when it finally hit me. I realized that moment. But if I can figure out a system and a model and a method to remove the pressure from the sales process, then I'll be the first one ever to invent a way to allow both parties to feel comfortable telling each other the truth. And our whole philosophy, our whole mindset is based upon the idea that your goal is not to focus on the end goal of the sale anymore at all. Our goal is to focus only on getting to the truth of people so they feel comfortable telling you exactly where they stand. So you don't waste, chase, waste time chasing what I call ghosts. People express interest. People even say yes, but have no intention of buying. But that's our whole premise of our philosophy and our unlock the game system. It's based upon the idea that your mindset has shifted away from the end goal and focusing on trust and truth. Does that, does that make sense at all? Absolute, absolute truth. I mean, you can just feel that much more comfortable, that much more confident, and, and handle yourself uh, just so much more professionally when you're talking to people. Yeah, we, we, we find so many business owners come our way who, who are, who are in what I call chasing mode. They gotta lead an opportunity and they just start chasing them till they say yes. And what they don't realize is that whole chasing process is what ends the sale. Cause chasing puts pressure on people. They feel that you are attempting to move them to a yes. It's over. But yet we're trained and conditioned to chase. So what I'll talk about today is to realize when you understand the logic behind this, 
and you begin taking the pressure out of the process and stop chasing people, you'll find, ironically, that you'll double the amount of sales you can make, you'll have to stress over the process, and you'll sleep better at night. That's that's the whole revolutionary shift in this process. Now, I always have pinned that. That's a wonderful proposition. I think everyone will probably be in the same situation as you listen to this now. So please, yeah, carry on. Give us, share us some more of uh, that fascinating background, are we? Well, let, let's let's last shift into what I might call the sales myths, because there's a lot of myths that are in the back of people's minds about what they believe sales is. And that comes from the old gurus, the old conditioning, the way they think selling is supposed to be. And the world's changed so much in the last couple of years, and so many of us are still using the old thinking, the old propositions, the old myths, that I think are holding a lot of people back. So let me work on debunking a few of those, then we'll kind of set the stage to move in the principles behind the philosophy of some examples, all right? So, yeah, it'd be wonderful. Thank you. L- let me start with myth number one. Selling is a numbers game. And I'm sure, Brian, in your career, you've heard that concept before, right? The numbers oh, game idea. Oh, times. Absolutely. Right. And that, that came from uh, a salesperson making a phone call, got rejected, and their boss said, just keep going. Because the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make. See, we, we, we've, been, we've been brainwashed to believe that is selling. The more contacts we get a hold of, the more popular people we talk to, the more conversations we have, well, by gosh, the more sales I'm going to make. I can tell you right now, that is a myth. Because we discovered in our research with our client work that selling no longer is about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation. How good you are at building trust with people not how good you are and how many contacts you make. And that in itself is a radical shift for most people in the business world who have been conditioned to believe that their end goal will be uh, will come to fruition if they can chase more leads. Makes absolute sense. So that's, that's the number one myth. Number two myth is this idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been there before, Brian, where you had a, pe- a deal pending. You worked hard on it. It looked like it was a go, waiting for facts to, to come through with the contract, or the email to come through with the contract, and you check your email, check your fax machine, and it doesn't come through. It just falls through at the end. You, you know that experience? You've been there before? I'm sort of reasonably familiar with that one, are you? Yes, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, frust- it's frustrating. And you'd have been in that yes. situation if you, hadn't, if you hadn't left the phone on mute and accidentally... Uh, to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, interesting enough, we discovered the sales not lost anymore at the end of the process. The sales now lost at the beginning of the process. And I'll, 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 I'll prove it to you, to, to folks listening on the call right now. Let's just say you get a call tomorrow morning and the phone rings, you pick it up and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? What's he trying to sell me? Right. It's over at hello, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yes. The wall goes up, the battle begins, and the sale is lost. And in many cases, many people on this phone call right now, listen to this this, uh, recording, are losing the majority of their income and revenue and sales not at the end of their process, they're losing at the beginning. And I'll make a case today that that's where the money's being lost. Um, that's number two. Number three. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. Go ahead. So tell me more. What are you saying, Brian? 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that because, as you say, it's at the beginning and uh, it's a bit like, you know, when you meet somebody face-to-face, the first five or ten seconds, you've made your, you've made your mind up whether you relate to that person or not and that will affect your relationship going well into the future. Yeah. See, we are so conditioned. Right? When we're in sales, when we see an opportunity, we are wired to, and triggered to chase. We try to move immediately into the zone to move them down our process. When you're shifting that way, thinking like that, trying to focus on getting them to move down your process, you're losing trust immediately. Uh, we'll get into that. So uh, number, number three myth is a big one. That's the idea that rejection is part of the sales game, is part of selling. And, um, you know, if you're, it's kind of a male macho testosterone, you know, cuts me old sales manager, you know, who said to you, hey, get back out there, Brian, and no, no, no will be a yes. You know, the more no's you get, the more yeses you get. And if you're tough enough, you can you can stick it out. You'll be successful too. You, you know that message? Have you heard that before? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you. Whoopee! I've got another rejection. <laughs> <laughs> punch me! Punch me! Punch me! Yes, it's uh, it's kind of an old school, um, you know, way of the world. And we 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 made a fascinating discovery with our client work that we've made, um, and that is that we discovered that rejection is triggered. It is triggered by certain things we say and do that cause the other person to push back on us and not feel comfortable telling us the truth. So imagine if you knew what those triggers were and you removed them from your process, you can imagine the inbound opportunity, the engagement that would occur by not unconsciously triggering pressure on the other person, causing them to pull back on you and having you chase them. That's a radical shift for people who've been conditioned to believe that rejection and no is just part of the acceptable game of selling. That's why we unlock the game. We don't follow any of the old rules. In fact, we, we confront them and we clean out all that stuff to kind of get the truth to people. And that's, that's really the whole concept behind debunking sales, Ms. Brian. Right. Yeah. Look, this is this is fascinating. It's quite absorbing stuff because it's uh, it's really just changing your mindset, which I know you're going to touch base on, um, and and it's really learning a whole different way of conversation when it comes to making a sales call, whether it's on yes, the phone yeah. or whether it's face to face. Yeah. Correct. It's it's very much about letting go of what we believe we're supposed to be doing. It's about detoxing. It's about uh, unconditioning ourselves, cleaning the hard drive out and putting a new operating system in. Because, you see, the world has changed so dramatically that for those people who are still selling the old way, with the old notions of what they believe the selling is, they're having a conflict. They're having a clash because uh, the new customer already knows the game. They know it at hello. They can feel when they're being pulled down, down a path. They can sense when they're being persuaded. They can feel where they're being pushed. Now, I'm not suggesting that anyone this call pushes people, but I would suggest there are subtleties that are occurring in conversations from the conditioning that we believe we're supposed to move them down a process to an end goal, and that subtlety is what's causing all these loss of sales and burning of leads. That's why the shift is so important for people to begin to let go of the past and start incorporating a new framework that doesn't burn the opportunities while people are selling. That, that makes sense because you tend to get excited, you get impulsive, and, and you can't help picking the phone up to see how they're getting on because you're anticipating you've got, you've got someone who's going to 
purchase your product, whatever it might be. So, I know we're leading into this. Could you, could you share with me, I think now's a good time, those three mindset principles that you mentioned to me that are the, the foundation of your business? I will. So let me talk now about the three core principles behind Unlock the Game and our philosophy and our program. I'll use examples of how this all works, and I think this section will kind of bring it all together for everyone on the line. Um, so our first core principle behind our system and philosophy is basically the idea of always be diffusing pressure, always be diffusing pressure in the process. So we have invented our own what we call trust-based languaging, our own words and phrases to use that actually engage and, di- and diffuse the pressure to allow the truth to emerge early on in the process. So our trust-based languaging, and by the way, languaging is one of the triggers of rejection. The words you use, the phrases you use, if they in any way trigger off the stereotypical stereotype of selling, you lose the opportunity and get rejected. So let me do an example right now, a real example of that we help our clients with, a great sales scenario that everyone probably experiences and show you how this works and how we use our languaging to uh, get the truth. So let's just say you're having a first call with a potential client on the phone. If they call you or you call them. First conversation, uh, you know, good opportunity, uh, some good chemistry there, uh, good call, a uh, call comes to the end of the call. You know, what, what do we, this is not a trick question, Brian, but what do we typically do in sales? Or what do we say at the end of a call like that? What's our typical uh, off modus about Brenda? Are we supposed to say to someone at the end of a call like that? What's the usual things we say in sales at the end of a call like that so with someone? Well, you're going to say, you know, possibly you may get to the point of saying, can, can I explain more about the product, or you may want to fix the next appointment. Um, exactly. Something yeah. of that nature, yeah. Exactly. We are conditioned and trained to move things forward, right? Mm, absolutely. But but what can happen absolutely. if you attempt? What can happen if you attempt to move things forward, <laughs> and they aren't ready yet? What do you lose right there at the beginning of the relationship if you attempt to do that with them? What do you break right there? Yeah, you, that, potentially. Yeah, you're, you're breaking that confidence, the the the, the relax sort of uh, conversation. I mean, suddenly you they see you as an aggressive person trying to force them into something, trying to trying to basically twist their arm. I guess. Exactly. You you break trust and you risk the relationship for the sale. So let's let's go about the same scenario using our approach and our in our languaging. Okay. So the call is going well, good conversation, and call comes to an end. Rather than saying, hey, hey, how about we get together, let's move forward, how about we discuss this, what we say instead is this. What we say is, where do you think we should go from here? And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? So you can now, how do you suppose, the initiative. How do you suppose that changes the dynamic now, Brian? Well, it gives them control of the conversation, I, I guess, because uh, it's 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 up to them. So um, it's it's yes. their call, virtually, as opposed to you trying to trying to lead them down a path, a stereotyped path, and they know what's coming as a rule. <laughs> right. First of all, you're right. There's a shift in power. But second of all, usually they're if you deliver this right, they're usually in a state of shock. They, they, yeah, they can can't imagine. believe they're being treated like a human being and not a target. This is amazing for people. They, they, they can't believe that you're so decent enough to ask them where they should go from here. And that in itself creates instant trust with you and them. And what will happen is they might start to say things to you like, well, I do have one more question. I, how about this? 
Or if they aren't fit with you, they're going to say to you, how about we move forward? And they on their own move things forward. But either way, what will happen is, if you deliver this correctly, with our right languaging, right, right delivery, what's going to happen is they're going to feel comfortable telling you the truth. And that is your new goal, is to get early on where they stand. So you're not chasing ghosts at the end of the process. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You're not hearing all the tales and the, and the, and the contrived stories, as you were saying earlier, you know, where uh, people are basically giving you a, giving you the brush off. Exactly. So one of the triggers is languaging. The other triggers of rejection is delivery. The way in which you deliver the languaging is half of the impact. So what did you notice, Brian, when I said, where do you think we should go from here? I noticed it was a nice, slow pace, a relaxed tone. Uh, so it was was delivered just in a in a comfortable pace that really gives them gives them the I suppose puts the steering wheel in their hand basically. Yes, it's slow. I, it's slow, slowing things down and lowering your voice to a soft tone like this allows the other person to engage you without feeling pressure from you. When we start talking like this, uh, where do you think we should go from here? Sounds great. Okay. Now that's setting pressure people. That's, 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 that contains assumptions in that tonality. That assumes mm-hmm. there's momentum. That assumes pressure. You see, when you can lower your voice and create pauses and spaces in the conversation, that gives permission for them to engage. See, we've been trained, Brian, when we sense things slowing down, to start moving things forward faster because we believe if they slow things down, we're going to lose the opportunity. That's from our old conditioning. When you realize that you can slow things down with people, they will slow things down with you as well and they'll trust you more because they won't feel that you're attempting to move them down a linear path. Absolutely. I can understand that. So so basically you're removing that perception of urgency you're creating because of your excitement where they they literally can see you at the other end of the phone ticking the box working your way down the checklist sort of thing and say okay <laughs> now we're here and they know what's next <laughs> here's the thing see we, we've been conditioned by the old gurus to believe that we should be enthusiastic persuasive mm. and excited well the problem with that is what happens if you're enthusiastic with someone who doesn't trust you yet? What are they thinking? Yeah, you're coming on too strong. It's a bit like the dance floor, is it? You know, you're trying to get a dance for the evening, <laughs> and if you if you're just a bit too smart with your conversation, you're not going to get a yes, so you won't get your dance. Um, same same thing, really. Yeah. Here, here's the thing: the more humble we are, the less assumptive we are, and the more relaxed we are the more sales we make. It sounds totally contrarian from the old way of thinking of enthusiasm, excitement, movement. All that kills the sale at hello. So that's number one, diffusing pressure. Number two is the idea of getting to the truth. Getting to the truth. What does that mean? So people always ask me, what does that mean? It sounds so abstract. What that means is, is having your potential client or, or customer feel comfortable Telling you where they stand every step of the way. So you aren't guessing what is next. 
So right now, if you have people in your pipeline who you're guessing, wondering where they're at, or hoping they're going to come next step, that's because there wasn't any truth building happening in the initial conversation. That's why we don't know where people stand. Let me give you an example of this. I recently had a guy, he called my office, uh, and the phone rang, and I picked it up, and I hear this. I hear Mr. Galper. I said, yes, my name is John Jensen. Make the name up, and I'm with XYZ Company. It's a, it's a big, big worldwide corporation. You recognize the name. I'm the head of sales. We're looking to bring in a thought leader to change our culture, to change our sales process. We're looking at you and to other people. We're now in phase one, asking some questions. We'd like to know, first of all, uh, why should we go with you? Uh, why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. Sounds like now, a great invitation. Now he says this to me. Now, mm. now, now he's putting what on me now? He's putting pressure on you for sure. <laughs> so That's you right. Turn, you, you, you put your sales hat on, you change gear, don't you? Right, so now he's attempting to manipulate me because in his world, manipulation is the game. In yeah. our world, we unlock the game. We don't do that. We get to the truth. So I took a deep breath. I'm a human being too. Big, big billion dollar company, big corporation. Uh, I took a deep breath, got centered in our principles, lowered my voice, and I proceeded to say this to him. What I said was, I said, well, isn't that Interesting. That's all I said. No, there's more. Don't worry. There's more. Ah, oh, what are you saying? Nigga? There's more. Yeah. But, 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 that's, but, that's, but that's, just that. Yeah, so that, that's great self-control. I mean, that, that takes some doing because you, you're naturally inclined to respond with that enthusiasm. You normally go take the bait, just like a fish on the end of the line, isn't it? Right. Because we've been trained to condition the old way to believe and to assume there's an opportunity. So we take the bait, we run, we chase, we end up end up in the same spot again. So I said to him, well, isn't that interesting? Then I said to him, over here at our company, we have a very similar process to you, actually. We have a phase one where we ask some questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, then we decided where to go from there. Then I said to him, would you be open to that? That's all I said to him on the phone. Any guesses what happened next, Brian? From his, from his, from his point of view? I, I'm suspect, I suspect he nearly fell off his chair and said yes. <laughs> Actually, not a word. <laughs> he went silent on me. Not, not a word. All right. Okay. He was in a state of shock. Yeah, I think so. And then, and then I heard this breath. He actually breathed through the phone like, like he relaxed. He lowers his guard and his voice. And he says to me, um, uh, okay, um, what kind of questions do you have for me? Mm, total change of approach. Next thing I know, we're having a normal, natural conversation, a normal dialogue. And in that conversation, I discover, one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what we do. So after about five minutes of talking with him, I uh, set up the website for some free information and some video stuff of mine I have for free on my website, and off he went, happy to talk to me. I hung up the phone. Now, what did that process, Brian, that I just did save me months of? 
oh, months of hassle and chasing and stressing and disappointment as well, particularly. So uh, a wasted opportunity, time you could have spent doing something productive, working with A-class clients as opposed to C's and D's. Exactly. Well, you know, something that happens to our, there's this drug in our bodies, is latent, it's just buried there, and it, it activates in, with inbound calls like that. You know what that drug is called? Any ideas? Adrenaline, is it? <laughs> actually, actually it's no. called, oh, it's called hopium. <laughs> you know the hopium Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you caught me there. <laughs> okay, right, well, I think there's a, I think we've got a lot of people listening today who are probably fairly, uh, Fairly, fairly much onto hopium. It's, uh, it's a bit inevitable <laughs> in the general sales environment. Hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, hopium is the sense that we hope because we got the inbound call that we have an opportunity. We go back to our wife and, and our partner and say, guess what, honey? I got the inbound call. I'm so excited. We're going to feature this year. It's a big year. We go back to work and we put a note in the board say, big opportunity. We get so excited because we hope it's all going to work out and we call the person back. We get a voicemail. They're not there. We email them. No response back. The whole thing crashes. We say to ourselves, sales sucks. I hate selling. That's the whole cycle that happens pretty much every day for people who are stuck in an old mindset of chasing opportunities and putting pressure and hoping that the end it will all come through. So unlock the game really is detox for hopium. You've got to put it into a bottle, basically. That's what we do. <laughs> we have a way to, to unravel and to detox people and to basically clean out their, their old mindsets and, and, and enter a new place with themselves to be authentic and honest with themselves and have a framework and language that are not scripted but languaging and phraseology that help their potential prospects feel comfortable telling them the truth. And let me tell you, when you get that place with people and they tell you the truth up front, you don't let your chase ghosts. You're, you're, they're, all, they're just gone. You have productive conversations. You have sales coming in. And you know what? You sleep better at night. Because the energy necessary to chase people is tremendous beyond our normal livelihood. And, and I, I tell people, they, people come to work a lot with what I call sales armor on. You know what sales armor is? It's just that natural resistance. You've got bullet, bulletproof, it, it, I suppose. Yes, we're ready for the battle, aren't we? We mm. pick up the phone, ready for the rejection, ready to push harder. We change our voice, we get stronger. Our whole body shifts because our armor is on and ready for the fight. You, we assume resistance is part of the game. We assume that's just the way selling is. In our world, we remove resistance. It does not occur. Our clients are successful because they don't chase people, but they're skillful at building trust. And that's why life changes could become for people when they're uh, humble enough to be open to letting go of their years and years of training to understand that if you don't realign yourself with the way the world has changed, you'll end up in chasing mode pretty much most of the day. So I'd love to hear how you get to the truth, Ari. This is uh, you're certainly fascinating stuff. It's opening a whole new world. Well, getting the truth comes from being able to, one, shift your mindset away from the end goal, and two, be able to connect with people at a deeper level using trust-based languaging. Okay? And that's the real key. In fact, I'll, in fact, I'll, I'll give a little tidbit now for everyone on the line. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, everyone on this phone call who's listening to this call um, to take an oath with me, a verbal oath, not a written oath, but a, a verbal oath to remove one key phrase, two key words from your vocabulary forever. And uh, and for those people on the phone, right, phone line right now who are what I call affectionately old sales dogs, you know, <laughs> I've been around for a long time in the sales game and got books at home and started the gurus and listened to CDs on sales. 
this might hurt just a bit. Is that all right, Brian? Fire away, please. We're bracing ourselves. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask you, everyone on the phone call, to remove this key phrase forever as of today. I'm going to ask them to remove the words follow-up forever from all the languaging as of today post-RE. Follow-up. Okay. Oh, it's fascinating. That's, that's ingrained in our DNA, isn't it? I think I feel the pain across the phone line right now for everyone listening going, What? In the last, I mean, how many people listen to this call in the last three weeks have called somebody and said, hi, I'm giving you a call to follow up, follow up. right? Mm. What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow up? In the industry you research this, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm taking a wild guess, it's sales. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So why the heck would you want to use languaging? that immediately connects you to the negative sales person stereotype, uh, right? Yeah, Phrases like yeah. follow-up, get in touch, touch base, these are the worst words to ever use in sales. In fact, eliminate them forever from your vocabulary. I'm sure a lot of people, too, on email, use email all the time. Hi, I'm writing you mm. to you to follow up, right? Mm, gee. Yeah, and we, they're, they're sort of, we see them as legitimate because they're common, in common use, but... By virtue of that, they are just absolute flares. They're signals <laughs> that are that are given by you to the prospective purchaser that you are actually on a sales mission. You're calling to close the sale. You're not calling mm. to help them. That immediately shuts it down. It's over at hello. See, we keep going. We assume that's just the way. See, we're so narrow in our thinking and our focus, our behavior, our words. Our intentions are so narrow that what happens is we are, are tempt people to get to a yes. What we don't do is, is create an environment to basically let them feel comfortable giving us a yes or a no. And so what happens is we lose the sale along the entire way by not feeling comfortable having other people tell us where they stand and the truth around that. So one thing to understand here is when you shift your thinking and get rid of the words like follow-up. In fact, I'll, I'll give you right now, right from my program, the phrase to replace that word. For those people going, oh, my God, what do I do now? I use it 20 times this month on my last couple of last day I was called. Um, what you want to say instead of follow-up is you want to say this. You want to say, I'm just giving you a call to see if you have any feedback. Any feedback uh-huh. on our previous conversation, on our previous meeting on our previous call, on our previous event. Feedback is not moving forward. Feedback is moving backwards, the opposite direction of where they think you're going to go. And feedback now triggers the truth. They start telling you everything. Well, here's my thoughts. Here's where I'm going. See, the minute you say follow-up, they shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you try to get control of the situation. If you say to them, give you some feedback, they can express themselves. So you're giving them the, 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 the platform, really, from that point of view. Because feedback sends the message that you're okay with a yes or a no. And mm. that's what creates the environment for the truth, you see. We're so conditioned for the yes that we give no room for the other person to feel comfortable telling us where we stand. Because they're afraid to, to, to hurt our feelings. So we have created the conditioning ourselves 
of the chasing mode, not the customer. It's us and the old way of thinking and our adapting to the new client uh, environment. That's what's going on. So the moment you can begin to shift your thinking and have resources to help you train and think this way is when you begin to make a breakthrough uh, in, in our world, per se. Wow, that's something to tattoo on your wrist, I suppose, isn't it? It's a hard one. And I can tell you this, you probably get a sense of this, Brian, but this, this approach probably applies to many areas beyond just selling, as you can imagine. This really is about relationships. It's about communication. It applies to marriages, dating, children. This is about a worldwide, I mean, our vision is to change the world through trust. And we can do that through this approach, through our languaging. This has much broader implications of selling. It's about how people communicate and influence each other. And you'd be, you'd be amazed how people come on board with us who end up not even using it for selling. They use it for relationships, too. <laughs> well, I just imagine if I'm contacting a supplier and I want to know how things are proceeding with something, um, if I use the term follow-up, they're probably going to try and fob me off with some, some excuses. But if you can relax and bring it back to scale and just say, have you any feedback on you know, on, on the process or the program or, or whatever the product is, then you're perhaps going to be more likely to get a, a true and honest result. So you're going to know if they're not going to meet the deadline or whatever, as opposed to basically just popping you off for whatever reason. Correct. Correct. So the last principle is the idea of being a problem solver. Being a problem solver versus a pitch person. See, see, and I'm sure a lot of people in this phone call have gone to the networking meetings like BNI where you, you meet people in the morning and you have bagels and, they, and you have five minutes to get up and tell them, you know. And they say to you, give us your best sales pitch. And you say, hi, my name is Brian. I'm a franchise expert. I am, you know, we start pitching ourselves and it goes in one yeah. ear at the other ear. So our approach shifts that. We replace a sales pitch with a problem-based approach as a problem solver. So what that means is we have a methodology to help people convert their sales pitch into a phraseology around the problems they help people solve. So go through that process. If you figured out what your core issues are you help people solve, people can say to you, what do you do? And you say, well, I help business owners solve these three problems. And now all of a sudden, your solution, what you have to offer, no longer gets in the middle between you and them because your offer, your solution it should be coming later in the process, not earlier on as to what you do. And and, and this is interesting because so many of us are we're so attached to our solution. Our identity is so attached to what we do as an offer that we have yet to separate from that and start and create an identity around the problems we help our clients solve. When you shift so that... What you're saying there... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, so what, what you're saying there really is you're just so keen and eager to get into pushing your product, your solution, that you're not giving them a chance to really express where they're at and whether or not they need it and what their requirements are. And you're not creating a bridge between you and them. You see, the bridge is the issue. When you say to somebody, I help business owners solve these three problems, and they have those problems, well, then that makes sense to have a conversation together. But when you say, uh, I'm a consultant and I, and I offer these services, then there's no bridge to enter a dialogue with you because there's no connection to the other person's issues. No. No, it's not what's on their mind. Exactly. So once you shift from pitching to problem solving, your whole world changes. And that, this applies beyond just selling. This goes to marketing too. The messaging on your website, the text, uh, your materials, the marketing, everything has to be around their issues and problems, not about these solutions, and when you get more into that in the marketing side, you can. there's a whole new world sitting there for lead generation, too, that comes down to that. So hopefully my goal today, Brian, was to give everybody in this call a good framework overview of what's possible 
if they're open to making a shift. Absolutely. Look, that's, that's in, certainly it's, it's much more than food for thought. Um, I think we've got uh, we've got the beginning. We've 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 read. We've heard of the introduction to the cookbook. Now I think now we <laughs> we need some of the recipes. <laughs> so um, to, to me, I find this opens a whole fascinating area. As you say, we're all we're all basically um, in a, in a mindset that for generations has been what we've been taught. We move through from the sort of Tom Hopkins heavy sale, get someone in the corner, overcome their objections, and we move into consultative sort of selling style, which is what most people do today, accepting. A number of the uh, the car the car salesmen out there. So what we've got to do is move again to another mindset totally with this whole approach. So it's it's really right. I think you hit the nail on the head right at the beginning. And, you know, it, it's understanding that sales isn't a numbers game because straight away that, that that changes your whole philosophy, your whole outlook. Um, so so then then if you can get to the truth, then you're at a different level of dialogue. And, and obviously, uh, and the, the more honest the relationship, the more opportunity you've got. And if it's not an outcome in the short term, it, nevertheless, you've still got a confident relationship with the people for the longer term if the opportunity comes up later. Correct. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I am fascinated. I'd love to know some more, and I'm sure anybody listening would as well. Um, is there anything you can offer to, uh, to our listeners that um, can give them a little bit more beyond the bait you've uh, you've you've delivered to us today. Well, I would suggest for those people who are open-minded and willing to sort of shift their thinking, um, if you want to go to www.unlockthegame.com, uh, there's two things you can do. One is we have a free test drive there. We enter details and get some more information about what we do and some samples. But also have a new book that just got uh, released. It's called Unlock the Sales Game. Uh, and in that, it's on the website there. You can pick up a copy if you like. Uh, in there, it contains more languaging, more, 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 more mindset information, more examples. Uh, and having that book in your hand will be a great tool to use on your next sales call because you'll have a reference point. And uh, I can tell you one thing: that without without resources behind this concept, without support training behind this idea, it's so easy to slip backwards. People default back to what they're most comfortable with, even though they don't like it. It's all they know. So to to invest in yourself and shift your thinking. And they have resources behind to support you on this. It's the only way to make a breakthrough. And hopefully that the book's a good start. I'll have the sales game uh, on our website or the free test drive, either one. But uh, the more you get into it, the more I think you'll experience the freedom uh, and the success of letting go of the sale and having uh, more more income and more opportunities. I guess I'm well, I'll, I'll be for, Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll, I've had the opportunity of having a look at the book there, and I, I thank you for that, Ari. So I certainly recommend it. You know, um we talk about the mindset we're in, um, there's no doubt about it, those reactions of ours, the way I see it, they're instinctive because we, we've done them for so long. It's a bit like the, the adage that you need to do something 10,000 times, whether you're learning to hit a golf ball straight or whether you're swimming or whatever. And when you've done it 10,000 times, which we all have, then automatically we default into that state. So you've really got to discipline yourself to overcome it. So I, I think the tools you've got in there are going to be invaluable for people. Oh, yeah, I'd like to really thank you most most seriously for uh, making your time available today. I hope that everyone has enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, if, you, if anyone has any questions further, certainly go to Ari's website. You can certainly leave them there, or you can contact me because we'd love to we'd, we'd love to help you resolve this problem 
from your own point of view and improve your own everyone's performance from the point of view of your business outcomes and so on. So um, you can go to his website. I'll put the information as well in the hard copies that I send out. So uh, just to say again, that's unlockthegame.com, and uh, you've got that free book there, and also the test drive that Ari offered. So uh, that'll be fantastic. Ari, just uh, any comment in closing? Uh, sure, just, just real quick, there's no, there's no free book, it's, it's a paid book, just FYI on that, but there, there is a free test drive. Oh, I beg your pardon, sorry, no sorry. <laughs> Thank <laughs> no. you for correcting me on that. <laughs> There'll be a lot of copies to be given out, with, uh, but, but anyway, yeah. um, I just wanted to know, I want to make the last comment is that uh, I can tell you right now that if you focus only on trust building with your relationships and your clients and your marketing, just the trust area alone, could exponentially grow your business and double, triple this year because that's the one thing missing in most businesses now is trust. And the way the world is going uh, away from that, if you build more trust in your sales process, that becomes your differentiation because products have not been so commoditized, it's hard to differentiate. But if you can trust build in your sales process, that makes you special. So anyways, I want to thank you so much, Brian, for the opportunity to share this with everybody. All right, thank you, and uh, thank you everyone for listening to this Franchise Radio Show. Look forward to uh, being in touch with you again when we're next on the dial. Goodbye. Welcome to the Franchise.